Today's daf is daf Samach Zion. We're holding right at the bottom of Samach Vav Ahmed Aleph, last couple words on the page. So we had yesterday a machlokas, Rava and Abaya. Rava, the machlokas was that if an aid echad tells a person that he witnessed that his wife was Mizana, that she was involved in an inappropriate relationship, which would t- change her, her status. She make it prohibited for him to have relations with her. So the question was that the way the understanding was that if he uh, challenges the aid echad, so an aid echad uh, is not accepted when there is a challenge uh, from the defendant. But what happens if he doesn't challenge him? He keeps quiet, right? So Abayah said that uh, it's, if he keeps quiet, you don't, uh, one second. Now Abayah said, Abayah said that if he keeps quiet, then that gives strength to the claim of the Eid Echad, and we accept the testimony of the Eid Echad. And Rav said, even if he keeps quiet, we never accept the testimony of an Eid Echad when it comes to the changing the status of a, uh, a, a, a like an, an Erva or an Arias, when it changes the status in, 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 these, in these type of issues, you can't accept an Eid Echad even if the defendant is not contradicting the statement. That was the issue. Yesterday, Abaya went through his proofs of why he maintains that, uh, he, that, he, that he's, he's Neman, that he is believed, and now we're going to go through Rava's position as to why an Eid Echad is not believed even if the defendant does not challenge the position of the Eid Echad and, and, and he keeps silent. So I'm a Rava. How do I know what I'm saying is correct? All right, if you look at the first Rasha. The Eid Echad Neman, Rasha says that Eid Echad is not believed even the dog bar erva, considering a, uh, erva, considering a matter of erva, lives so to disqualify, even if the defendant is not uh, contradicting the eight echad. We always need two, we cannot use one. So how do I know this? Now we learned in the Mishnah, Amram Shimon. There's a story with a pool uh, of diskim in the city of Yavne. Rashi says diskim is the name of a place, or diskim is the name of a person. What happened was that at some point in time it was measured, it was found to be 40 saw, so it was a kosher mikvah, all right? And people who were tame and vessels that were tameim were being used uh, continuously. And then, let's say three months later, they measured again, and we find there's only 38 saw in this mikvah. Now, what's the problem? We don't know, we, but we don't I mean, know. When it, when it was no longer 40. Correct, that's the problem. So we do know three months ago was okay. We know now it's not okay. The question is, what do we do with all uh, with the people of the Kalim that were tovel and now have been used with truma or kachim in the last three months? Right? That's the question. All right? Kol taharash and also al-gabo, all of the taharas, all of those items that require purity that were used in association with anything that came out of that mikvah, whether it be a person or a vessel, Hayyar Rabbi Tarfan said, you are tar. 
you, you, you can assume that the fact that you found the mikvah missing today, from today and on, we view it as an insufficient mikvah. But going back the last three months, we will view this as if the mikvah was complete, and you do not have to worry about any of the taharos that were dealt with items that came out of that mikvah in the last three months. Whereas Rabbi Akiva says, Metame, he says, oh, you can't do that. Rabbi Akiva says, you've got to go back and say that anything that was used in association with something from this mikvah in the last three months, what's that status? Tame. Now, what's the machalot this year? So I'm Rabbi from Mikvah Zebecheska Shalem, who we got to go with Chazak, because the legal presumption that was created three months ago is that this is a kosher mikvah. This mikvah is Shalem, it's complete, right? Shalem. So therefore, Miss Suffolk, now you have a doubt. The fact that I found it three months later doesn't tell you for the last three months that it was lacking. It creates a doubt. Was it lacking over the last three months? Meaning it could have happened five minutes ago that it became lacking. So therefore, you have a doubt over the last three months. The fact that you have a doubt over the last three months doesn't take away from the original chazaka that was created three months ago. So the original chazaka takes over and allows us to say that when did this mikvah become lacking? Just immediately. Five minutes ago, but not for the last three months. That's the position of Rabbi Tarifun. Based on a doubt, you're going to go ahead and give it a status of being a lacking, a, a, a mikvah that's not shalling. You do not have a right to go ahead and rule this mikvah as a mikvah that is lacking, that is less than 40 amas, based just on a suffix, the chazaka of the mikvah takes over. Rabbi Akiva has a different way of looking at it. Rabbi Akiva says that the person who goes into the mikvah, what's his status? He's tameh. The vessel that goes into the mikvah is a, has a chazaka being tummy. So therefore, you, what well, right do you have to say that because of a suffix, we can remove the tumor from the person? That's a good argument too, right? So he says like this, This person is in the status of tameh. You're going to, based on a suffix, remove his tumor. You cannot purify him just based on a suffix. And therefore, we have to leave this person as a status of Tomei, and therefore anything that he came into contact with is going to be Tomei. Okay, so now, so I'm a Rebbe Tarfun. Marshall, Rebbe Tarfun says, I'm going to give you a, a Marshall, a story, a parable, that I consider this equivalent to our case, and it will shed light on why my position is the appropriate position. What's the Marshall? Is You have a Kohen, someone who is presumed to be a valid Kohen, is standing and offering offerings on the Mizbeach. And then comes a report that this person's mother, who before she married his father, the Kohen, was either a Grusha or a Chalutza. Grusha is disqualified to marry a Kohen on a Torah level. The Chalutza, there are opinions that it's the Rice, so most opinions say it's the Rabbanon, but either way, the result is it disqualifies the fellow who's standing on the Mizbeach. He's no longer he's fit to bring, he's a Chalal, very good. He's no, no longer allowed to bring Korbanis. The halacha is from now and on we disqualify, but anything that happened previously is not. So says Rabbi Tarfun, I consider it similar. In fact, it's almost a kalvach homer, because in the case of the halal, he for sure was a halal the last three months, and yet 
We only disqualify moving forward. In our case, we don't know even if the mikvah was no good last uh, three months, and therefore for sure we do not disqualify the last three months. Right? You hear it? Okay. That is Rabbi Akiva's point, right? Where the person was found to be a Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza. I'm a Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva that says. Rabbi that was Rabbi Tarfon's position, wasn't it? Yes. That was Rabbi Tarfon. So I'm a Rabbi Akiva. Comes along Rabbi Akiva. He says, Marshall, I'll give you a parable that I consider my case more com- comparable to. He says, Person is serving on the Mizbeach. And then we find out that one of the blemishes that he has on his body, maybe he didn't realize it, but is actually enough of a blemish to disqualify him as a Kohen. So therefore, what's the halacha? The last three months, or the last how many years he's been serving, it, all his avoda is retroactively disqualified, right? Because today we found him as a balmum, so therefore we disqualify in the past. So therefore, I consider the, the situation over here with the mikvah the same situation. Even though one can argue, and this is not for the kiyas, it's for Ian, there's a huge difference, because if he's a balmum today, he probably was a balmum three months ago, whereas if the mikvah is found lacking today, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was lacking three months ago, but that's not for now. The point is, Rabbi Akiva says, I consider that more comparable, and therefore, you want to compare it to a story of a guy getting up there and doing the avoda, why are you, I don't con- compare it to a Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza, I compare it more to the case of a Baal Mum, and therefore, in the case of Baal Mum, it does retroactively disqualify, here too, in the case of the mikvah, it will be retroactively disqualified. So I'm Rabbi Tarfin. Rabbi Tarfin says like this, you're making a good point, I'm making a good point, you're comparing it to a Balmum, I'm comparing Ben Grusha Halutza, let's stack them up one against the other and see which one is the better comparison, which one is more comparable to the case of Mikvah, is it the case of Ben Grusha Halutza, or is it the case of Balmum? Everybody with me so far? So I'm Rabbi Tarfin, Ato Demisoy, you compared it to Balmum. Ani Demisov, I've compared it to Ben Grusha, Ben Chalutza. Nirelami Doime. Let's see which one is the better comparison. Idome Ben Grusha, Ben Chalutza. If in fact it's more comparable, like I'm saying, to Ben Grusha, Ben Chalutza, so Nidoneno, then we should give the, the judgment, should be, the ruling should be, like the case of Ben Grusha, Ben Chalutza, that it does not go back retroactive. It's from now and on. And im domel balmum, and if it's more comparable to the case of the balmum, so then nido then then it's a balmum. Then let's compare it to the case of the balmum, and let's disqualify it just as we do by the balmum going backwards. So we'll compare it to the bal the the, the, the in the case mik will go and disqualify it backwards. So his chil Rabbi Akiva lodun. So Rabbi Akiva began uh, analyzing. He began making his uh, case to show why he considers this more comparison to the case of Balmum than the case of Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza. So he says like this, Mikvah psula beyochid, a mikvah like all regular Isurim, one person is sufficient to disqualify. One person, when it comes to Isurim, is believed whether something is kosher or something is not kosher. The shocha tells you it's okay. The shocha tells you it's no good. One person is okay. So a mikvah, can, the, the, status, the status of the mikvah can be determined by a yochid, by one. Baal mum, the I'm going to see also what this means. But also a baal mum. One person is sufficient to testify that someone either has or does not have a blemish. Okay? 
Al yechir ben gerusha ben chalutza. Don't compare it to the case of ben gerusha ben chalutza, because by a ben gerusha ben chalutza case, in order to establish the the status of the child vis-a-vis the activities of the mother, one witness is not sufficient. You're changing status. You're changing. It's a situation of like almost like an erva. You're just you're just you're determining status based on that. There you always need two. Ben Grush ben Chalutz and Shapsula b'Shnayim. You need two. So therefore. Already, apples to apples, it makes more sense comparing the case of Baal Mum to the case of Mikvah, because both of them, the, the reliability of one witness is sufficient, whereas by Ben Garusha, there you need two. Davar Acher, and this would seem to be a second, uh, a non-connected point, but another difference is as follows is when you talk about the status of the mikvah, you're talking about a lacking that is inherent in the item that we're discussing itself. Is this mikvah got the 40 or is this mikvah lacking, right? Now, which case is more comparable? I would argue, says Rabbi Kiva, the case of Balmum is very similar because Balmum we're discussing, does the Kohen have everything that he needs in terms of his limbs uh, being unblemished, or is he lacking that he has a mum? Whereas when you're discussing the status of a, uh, uh, if someone's a Ben Gerush Ben Chalutza, we're not discussing whether he is intact or not intact, we're discussing the activities of his mother. So therefore, that is more of an external, extraneous situation. So if you're going to also compare apples to apples, I would argue, says Rabbi Akiva, the case of the Balmum is much closer to home in terms of what we're adjudicating or, de- or defining to the case of Balmum, to the case of Mikvah, than the case of Ben Guruj Ben Chalutza, because there we're not discussing the inherent disqualification within the item itself. We're discussing something outside of this item. What did his mother do is what the discussion is. So therefore he says, mikvah is psula begufa. The mikvah is a psul in the guf, in the, in the item itself. And baalmum is psula begufa, in the body of the kayan. Ba'al yechich, and don't try to bring a raya from the Rusha ben chalutza, from the case of ben chalutza, psula ba'achirim, their disqualification is caused by the activities of other, by the mother. So that was the argument that Rabbi Akiva brought forth to Tarfun. Rabbi Tarfun was very impressed with the logic of Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Kar Tarfun said, Akiva, anyone who separates from you, is like separating from the from very the essence of life itself. Okay. Now, says that is the, the R. Now, what are we trying to bring a proof from here? Remember, Rava is trying to bring a proof over here to uh, defend his position, okay? Now, how do we see Rav? Again, Rav's position was, is that an aid echad, when he's not being challenged, right, is still not believed to disqualify when it comes to uh, erva situations or changing the status of the mother and child, right? That was the, the point. So now he said it like this. Now, we said, the argument of Rabbi Akiva said, let's compare. Balmum, it only takes one aid to disqualify, just as a mikvah. A mikvah takes one aid, Balmum takes one aid, whereas Ben Garusha, Ben Chalutza, you need two, right? That was the situation. So one says like this, Hi Balmum, Shapsula B'yachim. When you say that a Balmum disqualifies with one witness, Hechidami, what is the scenario, right? It means a guy walks over to the Kohen and says, I know you only have nine toes, right? So, and the Kohen keeps quiet. 
Or the, what, what are we talking about? The Kohen keeps quiet or the Kohen goes after him, right? So when it says like this, Now, like we've learned till now, that if you are de- uh, defending yourself and contradicting the Eid Echad, so then how do you say the Eid Echad is believed? So obviously we're not talking about where the Kohen is arguing with the Eid Echad, because we said if you argue with an Eid Echad, we don't believe that. So it must be when it's saying the Eid Echad believed, what it's must quiet. be the way? It's quiet. It has to be there's not contradicting. So now, if he's contradicting him, me mehemen would the eid echad be believed? Ella must be the shosik that the eid echad is that the uh, that the oh, is quiet. Now let's you know, let's go now back to what what Rabbi Rabbi Akiva was saying. Rabbi Akiva said that a balmum one works, whereas by a mikvah, what do you need? Not by mikvah, by ben grusha ben chalutza, what do you need? Two. Why? Because it's an Erva situation. It's like an Erva situation. Now, that means you need two, and one would not help even if the, or the defendant is quiet. So from here you see that by Erva situations, that e- even, if the, uh, even if the defendant is quiet and not contradicting the Eid you still need two, it doesn't work, which is the point that he's trying to make against Abaya. That is what we're saying. So why is it like this? So therefore, the Kavah said, you're going to compare it then to the case that we're discussing, Gabek ben Grush ben Chalutza. He also must be the Shosik, that must be that the, uh, that the, that the Eid Echad was not being contradicted. There, he, the, the defendant was silent. Vektani, and we still retort in the Brisa, that mikvah psulah by mikvah, you can disqualify with one witness, but Balmum, because it's an Erva situation, psulah biyachid, that it's a, uh, uh, mikvah, not Balmum, that yeah, the mikvah and, 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 and Balmum is biyachid, for al yochev, and don't compare it to the case of Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza, where the psulo is Bishnayim. You can't bring the proof because there you need two. So that is Rava's, seems to be a solid proof. That was Rava's proof that by Eid Echad, by being silent by Erva does not work, not like Abaya. So what does Abaya say? Abaya say, said, I disagree with you. You are proving from the fact that it's, it's an Eid Echad is believed in the case of the Balmum, right? The Eid Echad is believed in the case of Now we said, what's the case? Is it contradicting him? Can't be, because if he's contradicting him, then what would be... You don't believe in Eidach. It must be some other case where he's quiet. Says Robert, generally, I would agree. And generally, usually, if you contradict, for sure you don't believe the Eidach. But in this case, it's different. Because where, I don't want to just hear what you have to say. I'm saying, if, if, if the person says to the, uh, to the Kohen, you have nine toes. And what is he saying? No, I don't. There, the contradiction is not enough. Why is the contradiction not enough? Because what should he do? What is the expectation? Someone goes over to the Kohen and says, you have nine toes. Is it enough to say, no, I don't? No. In this case, prove him wrong. Means when do we say contradicting the Eid Echad is sufficient? That's where you're not able to prove him wrong by what he's saying. But where you can actually prove him wrong, just contradicting is not good enough. That's why over there, one aid is believed, even is contradicting. But it's not talking about where he's quiet. Because Enachinami, where he's quiet, says Abaya, there I would... There, I, 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 I would believe the Eid Echad, not like Rob is saying over there. So the question is over there, so why is he believed then when he's contradicting? Because it's different when you can prove the, when you can prove the, 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 the claim wrong. If you don't prove the claim wrong, then there's something wrong. Why aren't you proving it wrong? You're just arguing with a guy. Prove it, that shows that he's, there's belief. 
says, We are talking about where he's contradicting the Eid Echad. And you say, well, that, then why is he believed? Usually if you contradict an Eid Echad, the Eid Echad is not believed. Because the, uh, the, the claimant, the person who is, uh, uh, who is, uh, is claiming that you do not have all your limbs intact, will say to him, Take off your clothes and show us. Meaning, don't just argue with me. Prove me wrong. Take your clothes off and show me. And the fact that you're not willing to do that, what does that lend itself to, 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 to be believed? That the aid echad... The aid is believed. The aid is believed. All right. Now, and that's actually now what Abai is pointing out. Rabbi Kiva made two arguments. One, he said, let's compare. One, you only need one aid. One, you need two aid. The second argument seemed to be not associated. And one is the psul is inherent in the body. The other one is based on the outside activities of the mother. Actually, they're not, they're actually connected. That's what the Davar Acher is actually saying. And, and the point in case is that over here, where there's a disqualification, the proof is in the pudding, right? It's in the goof itself, and ever since it's in the goof itself, you, the burden of proof now is on the defendant. Show us, because it's in your body. That's the connection to the next piece. The Dabar Acher and the Amar of Ha'adatani Mikvah B'sulah B'gufo, that's the next point. That's the Mikvah's B'sul in the Etzim, in the actual body of the Mikvah, as well as the Baal Mumis, B'sulah B'gufo, the Al Yochech, the numbering arrived in Megarujim Echalutza, Shepsulah B'acherim, there the B'sul is from uh, others. There the B'sul is not something he can show. So that's why Eid Echa doesn't, that's why Eid Echa is not believed in the case of the Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza because he's contradicting him. But Enachinam would be silent. Maybe the Eid Echad would be believed even in the case of Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza. You cannot bring this as a proof against me, says Abayim. Let's go on. Ben Grusha Ben Alright, now, we made an, a, a statement without backing it up. The statement we made, and we accepted it as ever, is that by a Ben Garuja Ben Chalutza, it's a big chedesh. He now, he gets up there, this guy's been working in the base of Migdash for the last six months, and we find out now that it's Ben Garuja Ben Chalutza, we said anything till now is okay. Really, argument should be why. He, he didn't just become a Ben Garusha Ben Chalut. So, so why is there the assumption that we made that everything till now is okay? That was Rabbi Tarfan's point. That's like that mikvah should be the same way. But why? Why is that true by Ben Garusha Ben Chalut? Right? It's not a chazaka. It's not that his status didn't just change from now the knowledge. That means he's been a Ben Garusha Ben Chalut his whole life. Whereas a Ben Garusha Ben Chalut that is a voter till now is kosher. By the way, it's also about the way he didn't know. It has to be where it's Shoshogim, not the way he knew, right? Minalan, how do we know this? So Amr Yehuda Amr Shmuel, the Amr Kro, says by Pinchas. Pinchas, we had a very interesting situation. He was not a Kohen until he Zimri. did the story with Zimri, and he was then afforded the blessing of Kahuna moving forward. So you already see that it's similar to a situation where till now, there's a stat, and now there's a stat moving forward. But it's the opposite over there. There he becomes a good Kohen, till now he was not. But it says over there, and the blessing will be for him and his offspring afterwards, that his offspring afterwards, will, they're, they're, they will always be accepted. Now, one says like this, that this blessing that will always be accepted implies that we always accept his children, no matter their status. Bain zera kosher, bain zera Whether their status is 
kosher or where their status is possible. Now that's very difficult to understand because if they are become halolim in the future, then how can you accept them? Because there, what it means to say is there is a situation that even if they become halolim, we will accept. Meaning we'll accept what they did till the point they become halolim, even though once we know they're halolim and all, we won't accept. But what happens prior, we will accept, which is the source for this idea that only the Ben Gurish Ben Chalutza previously would still be accepted when we did not know until the point we do know and then moving on not. That's one proof. The Avud, the Shmuel, that was Shmuel himself. Shmuel's father had a different source. Amr Hachan, it says like this. This is in the blessing of Levi. Levi, which is the, uh, he's the progenitor of the Kahanim, right? Baruch Hashem Chelay. Hashem should bless his possessions. Upal Yad of and accept the, uh, his handiwork. Now the word Chelay means possessions, but the word Chelay could also be associated with the word Chalal, which what we say Chalal means? The disqualified Kohen. So Hashem, you should bless his Chalolim. What do you mean bless his Chalolim? We know a Chalol is no good moving forward, but bless his, uh, uh, the, of what happened previously, okay? Even those that have become desecrated, right, because they became Chalolim, there will be, you will accept, there will be blessing upon them, you will accept it, that means what happened previously. Rabbi Yanai, a third source, Amar Mihacha. That you will come to the Kohanim that will be in your day. Now, what's the obvious question? Right. If you say you'll come to the Kohanim, come to the Kohanim, would you think what? I got to go to the Kohen that would live five generations earlier. Obviously, you go to the Kohen that will be in your day. So I'd have to say you'll go to the Kohen that will be in your day. Would you think, would it enter your mind that you'll go to a Kohen that did not exist in his day? So what it's referring to is that you go to the Kohen and you can accept him as a Kohen as he is at the time of when you went to him. So if you went to him and you and, and he acted as a Kohen at that time, you can accept what he did as a Kohen at that time. I, if later you find out that there was a disqualification as a Ben Gurusha Ben Chalutza, doesn't matter, because you went to as a Kohen at the time you went. So what he did as a Kohen at the time you went, then that would be acceptable as a Kohen. That's the point that brings, that's why Ben Gurusha Ben Chalutza does not re- disqualify retroactively only from the time and you found out and on. So therefore, Elazek Kosher, that's a Kosher that you assumed there was a Kohen as Kosher, but it's Chala and then it became disqualifying. Now, says they were like this, but how do you know then it only applies to Ben Gurush Ben Chalutza? Maybe it should apply to Baal Mum as well. Meaning a Baal Mum also is disqualified. So maybe you just found out now that he's a Baal Mum. Then why does it, but Baal Mum, we said, no, there does work retroactively. So why is there a difference between the case of the Baal Mum and the case of the Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza. Let the Psukim we just quote, quoted apply to the case of the Baal Mum as well. Tomorrow says like this. So therefore, uh, so, uh, so uh, Baal Mum, Psula, how do we know then that it is disqualified retroactively? Therefore, you shall say to the Kohanim, you shall say, this was actually the blessing to Pinchas, that I'm giving you a covenant of peace. Now, what does that mean? That we accept him as a Kohen, Keshuhu Shalem. Shalom, reading as Shalem. When he is intact, only then can we accept him 
as a, uh, even if he did not realize, even there's a matter, but if he wasn't intact when he did the avoda, if he was a balmum, we cannot accept his avoda. Not when he is deficient, not when he is lacking. Says the Gemara, well, the word shalom means peace, means harmony, right? Why are you reading as shalem, meaning intact, right? Tumas says, Vahash shalom ksiv, not shalem. Tumas says that the vav, if you look in Parshas Pinchas, the vav of the word shalom is actually uh, cut in half. It looks like a yud, right? So, so therefore, so I'm Rav Nachman, vav shalom ketiahi, it's cut. I actually know somebody that was in a shul that the people over there were not that knowledgeable and they took out a Sefer Torah and they thought that it said Shalom was, they thought it was a li- li- missing and they took it back and brought it in one only then to realize that what? The other one also has the Yud that is missing, okay? I know that, I have that case that actually happened there. Anyway, but that is the Yud of the Vav of Shalom is written, they can read it as Shalem and from there we know that if the, that the Baal Mum does not go retroactively okay because the bottom line is if when he did it, he was not intact, his uh, Avoda is not a valid Avoda. Let's go to the next Mishnah. Sogdahelga Mishnah. Okay, we have to have a copy of it. a little technical. Let's say you're doing a situation where Kedushin is tofes, meaning the Kedushin that the man and woman are going to do is binding. That there's an ability to form a Kedushin, a union, a Torah union. The Ein Aveira, and that union itself does not involve an Aveira. So in such a case, Havlad the genealogical status of the child will follow the father. Right? Which means the status when there's no Aveiro and Kedushin was Tophis, you follow the genealogical status of a father. The Ezuzu, what's examples of this? So either you have Kohen Levi Yisroel, should not so either married Kohen Levi Yisroel. So cross, you can cross index. I mean, cro- cro- the Kohen married a Kohen, Kohen married a Levi, Kohen married a Yisroel, Levi married a Kohen. That in both cases, the, uh, if, if, the, if the male is the Kohen, or the male is the Levi, or the male is the Yisroel, irrespective of what the female is, the status of the child, we learn out that you follow the father, that becomes, he's a Kohen, if it is the father was a Kohen. Doesn't matter if the mother was, was, was a Kohen, as Bas Kohen, Bas Lady, doesn't matter. Status is determined by the father. But the caveat is there has to be Kedushin is Tophes, and there is no Abelu. Okay? That's, that's the there can be four sections to this mission. That's the first section. So therefore, Yesh Kedukol Makmash Yesh Kedushin, Ve'en Abelu, Avadach Achar Azachar, Ezus Kohenes, Levi Yisraelish, and also Kohen Levi Yisrael. Case number one, right? Scenario number two. Kedushin. Again, Kedushin is binding, right? But Yesh Aveira, right? The Raja points out, this is going like the Halacha, like the Chachamim. Rabbi Akiva holds that even by Elosa say Kedushin is not binding the child's a Mamzer, this is not going like Rabbi Akiva, this is going like the Chachamim. That if it's Elosa say you did an Aveira, but the Kedushin is still a good Kedushin, you need a get. All right. In such a case, whether it's the male, whether it's the female, the one that has the greater blemish is what is inherited by the child. The child will take on the status of either the father or the mother where there was an Avera involved 
if Kedushin is Tophet. So that's category number two. The Ezer Zu, what's going to be the example of this? Almona, who is disqualified to a Kohen Godel. Or the Grusha, who is disqualified to a regular Kohen. Or Chalutza, disqualified to a regular Kohen. Or a Kohen Hedyod. So what happens is, if the Almona marries a Kohen, or the Grusha Chalutza, a Kohen Godel, the child will be a Chalot. He takes over the disqualification of the one that's disqualified to the Kohuna, which is his mother. In that case, he'll follow the mother because it is as an Avera involved. Kedushin does work as just a losa say. See, the child becomes a chalol, taking on the disqualification because the mother also becomes a chalola, by the way. The mother becomes a chalola too from that act. The father, by the way, does not become a chalol. It's one of those unfair things. Nothing happens to him. He just divorces her. He's not he's still going to go back into the other, but that's the way it works. So he takes on the blemish and disqualification in that case of the mother. Or other examples of this, is like this. Uh, let, let's say you have Mamzeres Venesina. The mother was a Mamzeres. She was from a, a, a relationship that her parents had where it was a Chiv Kores or a Chiv Misa that condition was not binding. The child is considered to be a Mamzer. Nasina was the, one of the seven tribes that faked out Yeshua. They dressed up like they're not, and therefore they, he let them stay. And he said they have to become the water carriers and the wood choppers. And in the days of David Amelech, they were very cruel to the family of 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 of, of, of Shaul Amelech. And 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 either say some say it's the Raisa, some say it's the Rabbana. But either way, they are not allowed to marry into the Jewish people. So there is an Avera when the Nasina marries the Yisroel. Or flip the genders. Or if it's a Bas Yisroel, where the Avera is coming because the man's the Mamzer or the man's the Nosin, the child will take on the blemish. Means either it's from the father or from the mother, that child will either be a Mamzer or will be a Nosin, depending on uh, what the Avera that, 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 the, that the parent was carrying, that, that, that will therefore, the child will either be a mamzer or a nosin taking on this qualification, either from the father's side or the mother's side, or a halal will take on the, from the mother's side, because she becomes a halal, or the child will become a halal as well. So that is the second category, is that where there is an Avera, but Kedushin does work, what's the rule? The child will take on the blemish of the one of which one of the two has the greater blemish? With me so far. Next category number three. Chol mi she'ain lo alav kedushin, aval yesh lo al acherim kedushin. Here we're talking about a situation where between the man and woman kedushin would not be toface because it's a chiyuv. Let's say a kares. So they kedushin is not binding between the two of them, but each one of them could marry other people in the Jewish faith and Kedushin would be binding. So it's not that it's not binding because they're not in the parsha of Kedushin. They are in the parsha of Kedushin, but it's just not binding because between the two of them it's not binding. They're doing an Avera. So what's the status over there? That's the status where the child becomes a mamza. It's a blood mamza. Why is it not binding? Because it's a chi of kares. Why is it a chi of kares? Because each one of them have the prohibition. It's, it's an ancestral relationship. It's an ashes ish. Whatever the situation over there is, Kedushin is not tofas between them. Can they marry other people? Yes, they can marry other people. Doesn't matter. The bottom line is, in such a case, the child will automatically be a, a, a mamzer. The Ezezu, what's the example of that? A person has provision, has relations with any other consanguous, the prohibited relationships to him. He can't marry them. 
and it's a chiyuv kares if he marries them. What's the uh, try? And he has uh, has relations with them. What's the bottom line? The child will become a mamzer. Last category: the kol she'ein law. Let's say over here, this is a person where condition is not binding, but it's not binding not only within this relationship, but it's not binding in any relationship because they're not in the parasha. For example, an Evid. For example, a Ovid Kachavim. Right? A Gentile. Kedushin is not binding. There's no binding condition. So therefore, what's the halacha? So therefore, in such a case, Amisha ain't lo alav, lo alav lalacherim kedushin, havlad kemosa. There, the, the child follows the mother. The status of the child will follow the mother. So for example, if a male Jew has relations with a shifcha, or has relations with a ovedes kechavim, with a non-Jew, that child will either be a Eved, in the case that his mother was a Shivcha, or it'll be an Ovid Kachavim. Even though the father was a Jew, we follow the mother in the in, in a situation where Kedushin is not toe-faced, the Kedushin cannot be toe-faced, for not for her, not in this case, and not in any case, so therefore, Bezos of Vlad, Shivcha, Benochris, the offspring of a Vlad, of a Shivcha, and a Nochris. So in such a case, the, uh, the child will follow the mother. So we have four categories, and let's just review them again quickly. The first category is where there's no Avera and Kedushin is toe-faced. There we say we follow the genealogical status of the father. Where there is Avera and Kedushin is not toe-faced, there we say that the child follows the greater blemish between the man and the woman. And the third category was where Kedushin is not toe-faced in this case, but it is tofus in other cases. Why is it not tofus here? It must be because the chiyuv kares. In such a case, the offspring will be a mamzer. And the last case is kedusha is not tofus, not here or in any case, because the mother, the woman, is not able to have a kedusha uh, tofus anywhere else. Right? So therefore, in such a case, we say you follow the mother. So if she's a shivka, the child's an ebbet. She's a, a nasina, the child will be a nasin. If she is, oh no, nasin is not a case. Nasin, the kishon is by me. If she's an ovid, is kuchavim, the child will be an ovid kuchavim. All right. Good. Let's go on. Says the Gemara. Kol makom shiyesh kedushin. So kol makom, uh, it, it seems to be saying like a general rule. In all cases, so Amalei, this is the going the first one. That in all cases where there's no Avera and Kedushin's Tophis, you follow the father. So I'm Rab Shimon, the Rabbi Yechanan. is that a general rule? Is that an accepted principle that applies in all cases? The Chol Malkum Sheesh Kedushin, Vein Avera, where there is Kedushin, there's no Avera. The Vlad, Holach, Achar, Zachar, you follow the male. What, what about the following situ- situation? Now, this actually is going like the Shita of Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi's Shita is that a Ger, person who converts, does not called a kahal. Kal gerim lo ikri kahal. What that means, the ger has two options. He can either marry a Yisraelis, but he can also marry a mamzeris. By mamzer, it says a mamzer is not allowed to marry into kahal. But since kahal is not a status associated with a ger, a ger can marry a mamzer, and according to Rabbi Yossi, it's actually no avera, which means it should come out then, if you go with the sheet of Rabbi Yossi, that a, the ger marrying a mamzeris, right, is a situation where the, there's no Avera, Kedushin does work, 
So what should be the rule? The child that's born from that offspring, the father was a ger, the mother was a mamzeris. You, the, the father, you should, right? But in such a case, the Allah is we follow the mother and the child is a mamzer. So the question is, that doesn't follow the rule. The rule is no avera, you should follow the father, not follow the mother. Ger should not mamzeres, the yesh kedushin, whether you have kedushin, the ain't avera, no avera, havlad In that case, we follow the deficient, which is who's the deficient one, who's the greater blemish, ger or mamzer? Mom's For sure. So therefore, there the child's a mom's. I, why aren't you following the father? The sign is willing to embrace the Gershon, also Mamzeres, Havlad Mamzer, Tivri Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Shita, and Rabbi Yosef, there's no Avera. So Amalem, he saw that Matisin Rabbi Yosef, that what I have to tell you is that this Mishnah is not going like the Shita of Rabbi Yosef. It's going like the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda Taka holds that a ka, that ger is considered to be kahal, and a ger is not allowed to ma- marry a mamzer, which comes out then that it actually follows the second principle, that Kedushin works, however there's an Avera, and therefore since it's Avera, you follow the greater blemish, and since you follow the greater blemish, it makes sense that what's the offspring going to be? The offspring going to be a mamzer, because that's the greater blemish, meaning don't assume we're going like Rabbi Yosef, we're going like the Shita, the principle of the ton of our mission is following that principle of Rabbi Yehuda. To Amar, Ger lo yisam amzeris. According to Behuda, Ger is not allowed to marry amzeris. V'yesh kedushin, v'yesh avera. Therefore, the vlad is a the vlad avera. Havlad ochach apogim. You follow. That's the second principle. You follow the blemished one. Says the Gemara like this. So, the nisnayis. So why isn't that given as one of the examples? Meaning, in the second principle, right? The second principle said that where there is uh, where it does connect. Havlad we gave an example. Right? Why don't say? Why don't say a mamzer and a ger? Right? Someone says like this. So So therefore, why is that not included in, in the in, in the Mishnah? So why don't you include that one as well? Convert and a mamzeres. Someone says, Tana kol makom de sefer. The sefer means the second case. It's a kol makom. Kol makom is an inclusory statement. That by writing it in a way that's inclusive, it includes that case too. Meaning that, that we're not giving all the examples. We're saying this is the principle. These are some of the examples. Kol makom should be used to include the case of a, 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 uh, where there's a convert and a mamzeris. That's being included in that statement. Tana kol makom de sefer le'asuye to include that case. Okay, now, the question we had was, the Chorah, why not have the case of a Ger and a Mamzeres if there's no Avera? The answer is, going like Rabbi Yehuda, not like Rabbi Yossi, there is an Avera. The Ibois Eimah wants to go back, we could still make it go like Rabbi Yossi. I, there was a problem making it go like Rabbi Yossi. Then what's the, what's the problem? Then why in that case doesn't it follow the father? Why in that case is the child a mamzer? If there's no Avera. According to him, there's no Avera between a, kior, a ger and a mamzer. So Ibai Olam, Rabbi Yossi, it is going like Rabbi Yossi, right? Now, if you look at the Mishnah, on one hand, Kol Makom is an exclusionary statement, saying all this greater principle, but it also says Ezuzu. The word Ezu, and what are these cases? That's an, ex- that's a, a, an exclusionary statement, meaning these are some of them. What? Komokom is the inclusionary statement. So some things are being included, but Ezuzu is an exclusionary statement. I mean, the Ezuzu that's written in the first principle 
is telling you that the, even these are some of the cases that are included, but there is a case that's not included, which is the case of a ger marrying a mamzeris. That's what it's saying. Moses says like this: Levi's Amel Olam Rabbi Yosi. He's going to Rabbi Yosi. But Tana Ezer Zuban. The Tana specifically uses the lashon lashon Suri statement lemiute to tell me that there are cases being excluded. Okay, let's go back to the Ezer Zuba Now says the Gemara. Now you're telling me that that's the case that is excluded from the first category and there's nothing else that, uh, that, that means saying only this case, that's the case that doesn't belong. But every other case that belongs, you tell me, is written there. But that's not true because we're going to see cases that should be there and they're not there, right? Why not? Let's see. A chalal is the offspring of a, a Kohen who marries a Grusha. Their child is a chalal. The chalal has got a status like a Yisrael. A chalal is allowed to marry a Yisrael, right? So what do you have over there? You have a situation where the condition works and there is no Aver. So let's say the, 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 the father was a chalal and the mother is a Bas Yisrael. Using our principle, where, what should the status of the child be? The, the, the mother was a what? The mother was a Bash Yisrael? Mother Bash Yisrael, the father was a chalal. No Avera, is told first. What should the status of the child be? Father. Should be a chalal, right? Should be a chalal. So therefore, that, the question is, why is that not included awesome. in the mission? Why don't you give that case? You go after the family, the child will be a chalal too. All right? So the question is, so why isn't that included in the first examples of the first principles? Not one of the cases. Because it's going like Rabbi Yisrael by Yehuda, and he taka holds that, 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 uh, that when you have a Bas Yisroel marrying a Cholol, she's like a mikvah. The expression is she's a mikvah to the Cholol, which means that the child in that case actually will be a non-Cholol. She purifies the child. The child will be a regular Yisroel, will not be a Hamiz, but it's a girl. If it's a girl, if it's a girl, she can marry a Kohen. But the boy is a Cholol. The yeah. father, no. I understand that. I'm asking, is she a mikvah also for the yes, boy that yes. comes out? Yes, yes. For both. That's what we, you and I talked right. about the other so day. So by, 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 by Rabbi Stoll, that's real lady, he holds like this, is that the offspring, any offspring of a chalol and a bas Yisroel, the children will not become chalom. She works like a mikvah. Therefore, that's why the Tana didn't include it in the first principle. Because why? Because it actually doesn't fit the first principle. So, but it actually would be in the exclusions right. of the first principle. Holds this, this one, Tana holds this, right? It's going, we have to say it's going like that, Tana. All right? All right, let's go on. Now, let's flip around. Let's say you have a situation where the mother is the Chalolo and the father is the Yisroel, right? So now, there's no, the mother can't be a mikvah over there. That's not, she's not, she's a Chalolo. Now, what would, should be the rule? Your mother's, father's a Yisroel, mother's a Chalolo, right? Following our Noavero, right? It's no condition works. She go by the father. It should be a, a full fledged Yisrael, right? So therefore, Hare Yisrael Shenoso Chalolo. If a, a Yisrael marries a Chalolo, what's the halacha over there? The Yesh Kedushim Ein Averet. First principle: Havlad Holech Achra Zachar. That the Vlad does go. In such a case, the halacha is you follow the father. He's a Yisrael. He's not a Chalol. And it's okay. Now, why is that not included in the Mishnah? Whereas, well, that should be a case. It's included in the where, which which principle should be included in? In the second one. 
No, no Avera. There's no Avera. That should be a first. should be an example of first. And there it actually does fit the example because there the child is a Yisroel. Right. All right? Tanam kol makam. No, because we said the word kol makam is also an inclusive statement. It means not an exhaustive list. So, so certain cases being excluded. There's certain cases being included. So therefore it's not included. Tanam kol makam, the reisha, le'asuye. So says, okay, but then why leave this one out? Meaning, I understand. Why pick the ones you picked? Kohen Levi Yisroel. Why not pick this one? This was an interesting one to include. Why not include this one? So when it's Benishnaya Behedya, say it explicitly. Why do you have to include it only because of the kol makam? Where it says like this, because it doesn't fit. The cases that we gave, a Kohen Levi Yisroel married a Kohen, Kohenes Levi Yisroel. You can't stick Halal in there because you can't say a Halal is allowed to marry a Kohen. So the three we gave can marry between each other. Right. But that's why we gave ones that are easy to write in the mission. Otherwise, you'd have to put all these caveats. Halal, marry, but not a lot of marry. It makes it too complicated. That's why it's left out. It's only included in the inclusionary statement. So when it says like this, because it doesn't teach well. Because how are you going to teach in the Mishnah? You're going to add halal to that? It makes it's not true. 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 Therefore, that was only included in the Kol Mokom. Okay. Says so more like this, fine. So therefore, we have one way of making the Mishnah go like Rabbi Yehuda. We also have one way of making it going like Rabbi Yossi. And the cases that are left out between the two, the two opinions are either included in the inclusionary statement, which is an inclusionary statement in the first principle, or the exclusionary statement of the first principle, or the inclusionary statement of the, of the second principle, or the exclusionary statement of the second principle. Let's keep going. So what about the What about the ruling of Rabbi Chana? Now Rabbi Chana is giving an example where Kedushin works, and there's no Avera, and the, you follow the father. So therefore, what's the question? Since you have that case, why is that case not being included in the, in the first principle, no revolution. We know the Torah says that if you were convert from the ancient Egyptians, the law is that you, first generation, cannot marry a regular, only the third, now what happens if a, uh, a second generation male Mitzri, Means his father was the convert, he's the second generation, married a first generation mitzris. Okay? So now, Noah Veira, Kedushin works. Do you go by the father? If you go by the father, this will be a third generation. He'll be a full fledged Jew. Or you go by the mother, it'll only be a second generation. Rabbi Machana says that's an example where you go by the father, you don't go by the mother. Which means that fits very well the first principle. So why is it not included in there? Yes. Well, it's like this. Mitzris, we show no. But no, Shlishi, the, the, the child of the Shlishi is considered to be a regular Jew. So why not include? So Mora says like this. So says the Gemara, Tana Kal Makom, the Reisha Lasuye. The Kal Makom, that's including that case. All right, that's in there. So therefore, it's included in that case, not a problem. The Gemara doesn't go through and say, well, why didn't you? Right. Now, but not everyone agrees with Rabbi Barbachana and Rabbi Amr Yochan. Rabbi Dimi disagrees. Rabbi Dimi says in that case, where the father was a Shani, the mother, I'm sorry, the father was a Shani, and the mother was a Rishona, he says the child's a Shani, you go by the mother. Now, the Chor, we have a request that that doesn't fit the first principle, right? So, therefore, the, uh, so it says, so, so the Chorah, it, it's actually a question. 
Why it, it doesn't fit the first principle even though it should is not a problem. Because remember, Ezuzu is an exclusionary statement, meaning there are cases being excluded from the first principle. This will be one of the cases that are excluded from the first principle. So Mora says, Abdini da Amar Shani Habe, Tana, he says, Tana Ezuzu, let me to be the exclusionary statement. Okay, again, let's go back to the first principle. No Avera, Kedushin stole as you follow the Father. Says it more like this, but I'm going to give you other cases, right, where Kedushin works and it doesn't follow the first principle. No Avera, Kedushin works, and we're going to see we don't, in such a case, we're going to actually follow whoever the blemish is, could be father or mother, and it's not automatically going by the father, which goes against the first principle. Says What about the case when Rabin came from Israel to Babel? He said over the name of Yechonon, he says like this, but Umos, if you're dealing with other nations, you follow the male, which means like this. So let's say one of the seven nations married a female Gentile from not one of the seven. Now, one of the seven nations worse. Actually, not even allowed to accept them. He's supposed to, uh, so you have a situation where one of the seven nations married an Italian, okay? The Allah over there is you go by the worst blemish. The child is defined <coughs> irrespective of whether it is the father or the mother, right? So it says like this, the Now, what happens though if they convert Right? Whatever the status of that child is, it goes by the worst blemish, but if they converted, then they're considered full-fledged Jews, right? This guy when they convert, so then you go after the worst of the... Of, so I'm sorry, I, I said this over incorrectly. When, before they convert, when you have two nations, that are, there's no, there's, there there's no condition because it's, it's Goyim. But by Goyim, you go by the father. Genealogy of... Italian or Knani, you go by whatever the father is. But once they converted, then you go by whatever the worst the blemish was. Right? That's the rule. All right? So therefore, now that is a problem with the first principle. Because once they converted, then the Kedushin over there should be not a problem. So there's no Avera to marry this person. And, and, and uh, Kedushin's told face. So why, in fact... Should you go by the, by the blemish, you should also go by the father, right? So that's the more is asking. So the more says like this. So therefore, so, uh, so, so basically what he's saying is like this. Before they converted, the, the, the ruling is go by the father, Gina. But if they both decide to convert and now they decide to marry, then you go by the bigger blemish. Why? You should say, go by the father. No avera between them. They're allowed to get married. Conditions told face. Why are you going by the bigger blemish? You should go by the father. That's the most question. So Moira says like this. If they marry when they're, non, they're not converted yet, the, the, the child is, goes by the father. This guy, if they got married after they converted, then you go by the greater blemish. Now, why is that therefore a, why that violates the first principle. Again, the more answers, Tana Ezuzu, the fact that it uses an exclusionary list when it lists them, which are these specifics, implies there are cases that are being left out. Lemiute, it is an exclusionary statement. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. So Gemara says that before, maybe we originally we wanted to say that the first principle would be problematic with Rabbi Yossi, because Rabbi Yossi allows a convert to marry a mamzeris, 
right? He allows a convert to marry a mamzeres, so there's kedushin and there's no transgression, and you should follow the convert and get the child's a mamzer. So first way you got out of it, we're going like Rabbi Yehuda. There's an Avera there. But he said, oh, you can make it go like Rabbi Yossi and just say that that case is an exclusion. That case is an exclusion. So when it says like this, so hi, my. So now what, what have you come out with? What are you saying right now, right? Now, you want to make it go like Rabbi Yossi? When is attacking Rabbi Yossi? You're going to try and make this go like Rabbi Yossi? The original answer that we said, Matnissin goes like Rabbi Yehuda, that works. Because now you have to just keep case all the cases that were given, you'll understand. The word called Makam and Ezuzu are written both in the first principle and in the second principle. All right? So let's go through it. We're going to go through it. Kol Makam Deresha, according to Rabbi Yehuda, the Kol Makam that's written in the first case, that's coming to include the case where Yisrael married a Chalolo. That's, that is, in such a case, we said that's an inclusory statement because there you do go by the Yisroel. A child is a Yisroel, right? We said that the, the, the uh, and, 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 and it's no, why is it not included? It's too difficult to include, but it's being included, no problem, all right? And the Rav and, uh, and the case of Rav is also being included in it. What was Rav Bachana's case? Rav Bachana was a situation of what? That was where you had an Egyptian, Egyptian uh, uh, Rishon, uh, a Shani married a, 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 a Mitzvah Rishon. The child became a Shlishi. I, why is it not included one of the principles? That's also included in the Kol Mokom. Right? The Ezezu, the exclusionary statement of the first principle, that was excluding the case of Ravdimi and Ravin. Ravdimi and Ravin were talking about a case where it's the other way around. Where uh, the offspring... Uh, was a, uh, according to him, the case over there was that it was a uh, first generation, a second generation man married a first generation. The child became second and not go after the man. That would be the, that you use, according to his ruling, that's what Azazu is coming to exclude right. that particular case. All right? The Ravin and Ravdimi and Ravin. And, and, the, and that explains what the Kolmokum of the Reisha is teaching you and the Azazu of the Reisha. The Kolmokum of the Sefer. The every case that's in the second principle, that's coming to teach me the case of Gerish and Because according to Yehuda, there's an Aveira. All right? Since there's an Aveira in such a case, so therefore you would go by the greater blemish, which we do. The child's a mamzer. Why is it not included? It is included in the Kolmokum of the second case. That's what's being included. All right? Right. Now. That works if you go like Rabbi Yehuda. We have what to do with the Kol Makam of the Reisha, we have to do with the Ezezua of the Reisha, and the Kol Makam the Sefer of the second case is also being taken care of. But if you try and make the Mishnah go like Rabbi Yossi, we're gonna have a problem, why? Ela'i as amart Rabbi Yossi, if you wanna make it go like Rabbi Yossi, so it says like this, Kol Makam the Reisha, okay, I can take care of the Kol Makam the Reisha, Kida Amran, that will like, like we had said, which means that it's going on the case of the first and second generation converts, the case of Rabbi Vachana, fine, if you all like Rabbi. And Ezuzu also could be Kedaga Amran, that goes like the, could be like Rabbi Dimi's scenario, right, where, the case of Rabbi Dimi, where you had a first generation man, a second generation, and there, that could be going like, that's the exclusion of the first principle. Ella, call Makam to Sefer la Suyamai. But according to Rabbi Yossi, we, have, we don't have a case of why it uses the word kol Makam in, in the second principle, right? So Moses is like this, why are you only asking on Rabbi Yossi? According to Rabbi Yehuda, 
We don't have a, a, a reason for the Ezezu in the second principle. Why are you only asking, you don't have a, a, a case for the Kol Makom in the, in the second principle, according to Yossi, according to Yehuda, we didn't come up with an Ezezu in the second principle. Says the Motamech, using your reasoning of the question, the Rabbi Yehuda, Ezezu, the Sefer Lamli, then what are you doing with the Ezezu in the Sefer? Ella, what are you going to have to say? Since it used the word Ezezu in the Reisha, it parallels it and uses an Ezezu in the Sefer, even though the Ezezu is not being used. Well, if you say that for Rabbi Yehuda, you can say the same thing for Rabbi Yossi, since it used Kol Makom that was being used in the Reisha, it uses Kol Makom in the Sefer, even though it's not being used. So Ella, Aidatana Reisha Ezuzu, Hachanami, you could give the answer, Aidatana Reisha Kol Makom, Satana Sefer Kol Makom. Gentlemen, we'll stop over here. Have a wonderful